Hello, it is Monday, September 28th, obviously. Good day, good day. Overreaction Monday, we lose our mind to everything that happened yesterday, obviously, plus some good conversations with some notable human beings. We think you'll enjoy the hell out of today. And if you do, please remember to tell a friend, you know? Just be like, hey, what's going on? Oh, nothing. How about you? I listened to a podcast. It was pretty good. Pat Magnus Show 2.0. Oh, yeah. And if they want to just keep the conversation moving, don't, don't fucking hold them up. You know, just let them kind of get to it. But if they dive in a little deeper, you can go ahead and go on a good pitch there or so or just say, hey, just listen to it. You know, whatever, whatever, whatever floats your boat. We appreciate you so much for choosing to allow us to penetrate your ear holes. There's a lot of things that could pretend, but you get it. All right. Today, our show is brought to you by the good people at Thursday Boot Company, a bootstrapped, get it, startup that makes the best handcrafted boots and sells them direct to consumer at some of the lowest markups in the footwear industry. Thursday Boots tagline is highest quality, honest prices, because they use some of the best materials like full grain leather, uh, supple glove leather lining, and gold standard Goodyear to a wealth construction, just like the legacy brands that charge $400 plus for similar styles. But Thursday Boot Company sells their boots starting at just $149 with free shipping and returns. Quick math, Pat. That's $251 in savings for similar styles from our friends at Thursday Boot Company. Plus, you get free shipping and returns. By the way, the returns won't happen often. But no, if it has to happen, it's fucking free. Because of the great designs, quality, and great value, Thursday Boot Company has been featured in all the best fashion press, from Esquire and GQ to Cosmo and Vogue. And more importantly, they've gotten over 20,000 five-star reviews from real customers. So, over 20,000 people felt the need that they need to go review the company and say five stars. It's a lot of humans. I don't even know if we have a thousand five-star reviews on this podcast. I'm not 100% sure. We've been around for 10 years. It's been a while, but I, I, we do have more than that. I'm not certain. 20,000 seems like a lot, though. Yeah, that is a lot. All of Staples Center mm-hmm. got on their phones and said five stars for this company. That's not normal. No, it's not. People buy shit. They enjoy it. And then they say, thank you, I'll buy from you again. To take it to another level and say, hey, five stars for this fucking company right here, that's real love for a product that is highest quality, honest prices. With prices starting at just $149 in free shipping and return, Thursday Boots are the best buy this winter. And with their clean, timeless design and durability, Thursday Boots will keep you standing confident for years to come. Wow. Yeah. They don't depreciate. Well, no, no. For years, they actually get better. Thursday boots get better. This might be the longest ad of all time, but boy, I'll tell you what. (laughs) They are nice boots. They are very nice boots. While they don't do sales or discounts, head on over to thursdayboots.com and get free shipping and returns. Give them a try and you'll have a pair on your doorstep before next Thursday. Okay? Wow. That's thursdayboots.com. Thursday, as in the day of the week, boots. Dot com. I'm not going to spell it out for you. If you don't know how to spell Thursday or boots, then maybe these boots aren't for you <laughs> to get your pair today. All right, let's start the show. Week three is almost finished in the NFL. Tonight, they're calling it the game of the year, possibly. Saying this could look like the Los Angeles Rams Chiefs Monday night spectacle from a couple years ago. The Chiefs and the Ravens will battle tonight for AFC supremacy. 
the reigning Super Bowl champs travel over to Baltimore. Why be less when you could be more? There will be no crowd, which is normally a wild atmosphere in Baltimore. So will that kind of even the playing field a little bit? Will the Kansas City Chiefs, who are currently getting points, yes, the Kansas City Chiefs, who were once described as, on this particular show, uncompete with the bull, <laughs> currently getting points at FanDuel Sportsbook tonight against the Baltimore Ravens and Lamar Jackson, who won an MVP last year and somehow looks even better than he did last year. They lost Marshall Yonda, found a replacement somehow. You can never replace Marshall Yonda, but their offense has been more efficient than it's ever been. The defense has been stingy. But will that defense be able to live up to a Kansas City Chiefs offense that got humbled in Los Angeles just a week ago against Air Bear? We'll talk about that. We'll talk about who we like, who we don't like, what's going to happen tonight. Vandal's offering up a free $10 single game parlay. If you win, you can make thousands. Of dollars, and if you lose, they'll give you the ten dollars back. We'll talk about what you should be hammering for that. Also, we have to talk about the day that was yesterday in the NFL. A lot of surprises, some comeback wins. Some teams are completely dead. Ooh. We'll talk about all of them. What coaches should be walking to the car, hopping inside of it, and driving? as far away from the fucking facility as they can. There's a couple of them already. There's a couple coaches that maybe saved their job. One out there in the desert on a horse named Prater maybe potentially saved his job out in Arizona. We'll talk about Kyler Murray, who was in the MVP conversation all the way up until yesterday. Now it'll probably falter off a little bit, but he can bounce back, still a young guy. We'll talk about Aaron Rodgers, who's coming on the show tomorrow. Yes! We'll talk to Aaron Rodgers about going down to New Orleans, down the Superdome, using a hard count against him on the road, getting them to jump off sides right before he was going to call a timeout, it seemed. Boom, making a play, winning the whole damn game, looking very comfortable against a stout New Orleans defense that he made look rather amateur. And when you have Aaron Jones running the ball so damn well, which Aaron Jones is, that play action that Aaron Rodgers can now use, because normally Aaron Rodgers doesn't have the incredible gift of play action that everybody else has. You talk about any quarterback, they live with the play action. You, you Literally, you can talk. Aaron Rodgers has not been a big play action quarterback, but now that they got Aaron Jones in the backfield and they got an offensive line that's creating holes, play action is now a weapon, and Aaron Rodgers is using and abusing defenses with it, and it's been awesome to watch. Alvin Kamara has maybe the best grill I have ever seen. <laughs> Smile for me, daddy, they said back in the day with Paul Wall when they were talking about grills. I'm not sure there was any grill in that music video or any grill that I have seen in my ventures around this globe that is as shiny and bright as Alvin Kamara. Hell of a football player, just couldn't beat the Packers yesterday. Mm. What a game last night it was. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about the Buffalo Bills either getting completely dumped on by the refs making bad calls, which a lot of people said that's what happened. That's why the Rams got back into it. After being down 25 points and suffering massive jet lag flying from the home of superstars and celebrities to the home of Buffalo Wings, which is like a five, six-hour trip. Jet lag in the first half. Second half, they came back. They were going to win. Aaron Donald was an animal. Buffalo Bills fans said there was a couple penalties they didn't like. But in the end, a pass interference that a ref decided, I am going to decide the game, was called Josh. Josh Allen and the Bills survive. Here we go. Josh Allen's in the MVP conversations. He's had a hell of a start. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about the Patriots. Cam Newton doesn't even have his best game. They beat the hell out of the Las Vegas Raiders. Yep. Mm -hmm. 
Same team to beat the Saints less than a week ago. I mean, that lot has happened. There's a lot to overreact to. That Tone Diggs is here. Tone, Pittsburgh Steelers, uh-huh. reverse the curse of the super boost, and that team looks very good at the football right now. And the Texans, now, you're 0-3. They have Chiefs, Ravens, Steelers. Yes. That is basically the three, everybody's saying, of the AFC. But the Texans are sitting at 0-3. going to be like, yeah, hey, that's no good. Steelers fans are going to be like, we're back, baby. Big Ben's not spanking his me anymore, and we are winning games. <laughs> yeah. Good teams win. Great teams cover. Bingo. Super Bowl teams break curses. That's I mean, it's, it's potentially what we're looking at here with Jeez. the 3-0 Pittsburgh Steelers. A lot of people are saying that the Super Boost was cursed. And there yeah, was yeah. a chance, by the way. There sure. was a chance that it was cursed because all my other bets seemed to be hitting. Yes. All my other bets seemed to be hitting. Yesterday, I hit again. I mean, I had a great day yesterday gambling, but I didn't know if the Super Boost was going to hit. Then I sang a song about the Pittsburgh Steelers in rendition of the Here We Go, which is anywhere you go in Pittsburgh, you will hear that song sang by drunk people. It doesn't matter if you're at a pirate game, a penguin game, you're at 2 a.m. and Mario's down there on the south side. All you need to do is walk in the bathroom with two or three yinzers in there with their penises out, mm-hmm. and they're going to start screaming and twirling around, and they're going to say, Here we go, Steelers, here we go. Pittsburgh's going to the Super Bowl. When I was in the shower yesterday morning, that song hit me. Okay, <laughs> hit me right in the face. Wow. And I even gave a, here we go. And it was like I was back in the bathroom of one of those drunk places. Oh, yeah. And it echoed off my bathroom. And I was like, you know what? Steelers are locking it up today. They hit. They cover. James Conner scores a touchdown. Uh, ben Roethlisberger looks good. Juju Smith-Schuster is still playing good football. And the defense is still outrageously good. And my thoughts and premonitions of Deshaun Watson running for his life yesterday came to fruition. Now, he danced out a couple of times like a magic man, like everybody has said. But then there were some other times where he got caught. And that's going to happen, I think, when he plays mm-hmm. the Steelers. you got to watch that tone. One of the more important things yesterday was that when they were down 10 and the defense actually didn't look good in the good in the first half but the offense and defense both made adjustments which is wild normally for that team uh and they came back and didn't give up one point in quite half. a shot at the pittsburgh <laughs> yeah. steelers right well, there just the coordinators uh, just the coordinators. yeah okay uh, uh the team at boston connor <laughs> cam newton didn't have his greatest day but he had his greatest gift i've ever seen shout oh, out to yeah. him got like 2.2 million views or something on that Big thanks to Cam Newton for being electrifying and awesome. But the the story still remains with the Patriots. 86 nights that guy was just out there floating yep. around. And you can look around at a lot of quarterbacks playing terrible football right now. I mean, we could talk about one that got benched and ended up having big fools. Oh, no. oh, we no. could talk about one that was that was playing bad football and they're, they're undefeated Whoa. right now. But you look around the NFL, there's a lot of bad bad football being played by Whoa. some quarterbacks. And there was a guy that was just hanging out on the streets for 86 nights. And now he's signed for next to nothing. And it feels like the Patriots love everything about him. And he loves everything about being a Patriot. How did Bill Belichick do it again? And after this start, you have to be like, yeah, we're in a great spot. We're going to be good for another 10 years probably. Yeah, I feel fantastic. Week one, the whole thought was, okay, Cam Newton's awesome, but he needs to get down every time he runs. Now here we are after week three, and the thought is we need to extend this guy. He's got to be here for at least the next three years because he has so much good football left in him that if we let him walk and we go with Stidham next year, it's going to be heartbreaking. There was a a lot of people saying, that Cam Newton was washed, I believe. I believe a lot of the internet was saying, oh, he's washed, he's washed, yeah. he's old, he ain't got it anymore. He had two bad seasons, you know, when he had a broken foot and a broken soldier or a shoulder, <laughs> which are pretty tough things to have whenever you're a quarterback in the NFL, especially his style of quarterback. He has proven that everybody that said anything about him potentially not being able to play good football anymore, completely wrong, and he's even exceeding it and maybe playing his best football yet, and he's not even touched 
anything near, I would assume, what Bill, Josh, and Ernie are going to be able to do with them. Yeah. You would think an extension would happen at some point, but there's no way the Patriots do that before the end of the year. Do you think? Uh, well, I mean, we are going to have the most cap out of any team next year, so I hope there there is sort of a thought in my mind that maybe, you know, Bill realizes, hey, Cam Newton's better than what we ever had with Tom Brady, so we might as well pay the guy. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you think that he's better than anything that Tom Brady has ever done? <laughs> Well, look, let's just say, I mean, we ran for 250 rush yards yesterday. I think Brady checks out a half of those run plays because he wants to throw the rock around. Oh, Julian Edelman. And And Julian Edelman last week had the most reception yards he's ever had in a game. Where was Tom when that happened? You know, I mean, hey, look, Cam is doing everything on the offense. He's responsible for like 95% of our uh, yards and plays, and I don't think Tom ever had anything like that in his tenure. Hold on, hold on, hold on. You you are such a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately person. Always. Like, you couldn't just be happy for Tom, who's I having success whoa, down whoa, No, no, no. Whoa, whoa. No, no, no. Who, who's having success down in Tampa. By the way, throwing the ball to Gronk on, on purpose on a very mm-hmm. regular occasion to the tight end. Weird. And that offense is looking good. Offensive line's looking good. Ball's coming out quick. I mean, that team's potentially figuring out what week are we going to do? Four now? Four to six is where we all thought they were potentially going to go. And now you got a guy. And instead of just being like, you know, it worked out perfectly whoa. here. We both got it. Now you're like, ah, our guy's better than any douche we had for the last 20 years. <laughs> Absolutely. Our guy is. Is the guy and that'll always be how it is but i never said i wasn't happy for tom i'm very excited for tom he's in a great situation over there he's gonna dethrone breeze that son of a bitch and really they have a shot at the super bowl how, what, how, what could be worse everybody's going after drew Brees, man but then sunday night football was like what you guys are attacking him for like yeah, this is just his thing. Works. Yeah, like for the last five years, he's been the shortest completer of the uh, football in the NFL, which, by the way, if you're Sean Payton, you got to feel really good about that stat because that means you're drawing up so many plays that it doesn't even matter. It's just like, yeah, here we go. We'll pick them apart by doing this. And when you got guys like Kamara who can take a screen, basically, yeah. and I mean, that offensive lineman McCoy out there in the front was awesome. I mean, that was absolutely awesome. I would assume that that guy is going to get – massive praise today in a lot of different things as he should but whenever you have that offense where you can throw the ball less than five yards down the field and be that proficient i mean that's that's on the offensive coordinator being brilliant right and that's probably why i mean he loves drew Brees, but he's like yeah we can get anybody in here to do it taste <laughs> yeah. everybody's talking about how bad he is can't do a handoff right on sunday night football mm. against packers but i'll tell you what he can throw about four yards if we fucking need to and that's what drew's done for the last six years and we've breaking we've broken every single nfl record by the way with this that's insane to think about my problem is that if drew Brees beats rogers with the weapons that rogers had everyone would be pounding the drew Brees mvp drum today but oh, aaron Rodgers, yet again same Thank old you. story oh, yeah Matt LaFleur, 16-3 and three in his mm-hmm. first 19 uh, starts as a head coach or whatever. Mm-hmm. I wonder if he doesn't have Aaron Rodgers, what happens. Now, granted, <laughs> that's all football. you got to have a quarterback, right? you got to right. have a quarterback. But, man, he is the best coach documented in league history. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's far. Matt LaFleur. Yeah. yeah. The best coach in documented history. Now. <laughs> Matt Belichick. I'm not saying. <laughs> exactly. I'm not saying that having a great quarterback isn't essential to winning games. But if Aaron Rodgers leaves, let's say Aaron Rodgers leaves, and the floor stinks and he gets fired or whatever, mm-hmm. does he get the Adam Gase treatment? Because Gase was with Peyton there whenever he was just winning, where he just gets a job for what happened. Or is this actually the floor? We'll ask Aaron tomorrow. We'll be like, hey, you and the floor, what, if, what has happened? Because this year you guys – 37 points, 35, 40 points. Yeah. They're putting up so many points right now. They are in a groove. you got to feel good as a Packers fan and maybe even think, imagine if we had one more weapon. Imagine if yeah, we maybe defense. had a run stopper. Maybe if we did a little bit of that. That's 
every single game as a Packers fan, because I am now a Packers right. fan, because mm-hmm. I would like to see Aaron succeed, because yep. I'd, yeah. I'd like our conversations to continue to go mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. Last night I'm watching, and Chris Collinsworth, I think, alluded to it, and Tariqa, who just – we didn't know. I didn't know he was just doing. Kind of popped in there. Yeah. yeah. And then they had another guy, the uh, post game guy, Stooge, doing the. Uh, <laughs> what's his name? The uh, Jack Collins. No, 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 not Jack. The other one. The. Uh, oh, uh, Liam McHugh. Yeah, he was. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He was talking, and, and he. No offense, to Liam. He does a good job, but whenever he's talking on that football night in America, it's like going to break or coming out of break. We come directly after that Cowboys Seattle game. I think right over to football night in America, and he's talking. I'm like. Have we not got to the fucking highlights yet? Like, <laughs> are we not getting it? And he was like, no, no, this is Liam's show right now. Oh, Liam oh, yeah. is, Whoa. this is Liam's show right now. I thought Tariqo was dead. I'm like, is anybody, <laughs> have we checked on Tariqo? And then we go right to the thing. Boom, Tariqo. Now, is Al Michaels dead? Can we? It, I, oh, no. It was planned. This Dang, was planned Jesus. throughout the season because of COVID, I believe, and all that oh. stuff. Oh, thank God. Tariqo, very good, by the way. If you're NBC, it's like, oh, it's nice that we have Al Michaels, like, potentially greatest of all time. Oh, and also this other guy just kind of hangs out on stage whenever Liam's not doing his thing. <laughs> it was great call by them. But they pointed it out a couple times. They're like, this team feels like they're one step away from the Super Bowl. And and they and they didn't try to help the team at all. <laughs> that, so that's all you got to think about. Now, granted, it's very positive. Aaron's playing lights out, unbelievable football, all that shit, right? Winning games, going down and to New Orleans and winning down there. I mean, not easy, obviously, without the fans. It makes it easier, but you get it. You have to think the entire time, like, man, if they had a run stopper or or another weapon, this would be, man, we'd be untouchable at this point, especially with the Niners. Everybody's getting hurt in the mm-hmm. NFC. Drew Brees seems to be falling apart. Mm-hmm. I mean, all these things start happening. You start looking at this as a Packers fan. You're like, we could have been even better right oh. now, but we chose not to be. And that's a wild time for you at the same time. Yeah, it is kind of hard. I mean, you can't be – too mad at this point because they are three and zero, and but with I mean that defense, like it, it is just I mean it's like cardiac arrest every week, and I <laughs> I worry that eventually when it gets to the point where it's like hey Aaron, listen, you got to score on every possession, okay? Like there there is no room for error, there's no margin for error. That defense, like they are, they're opportunistic. They get when they are creating takeaways, like they're pretty good, but if they're not, they're piss poor. So it's kind of an issue. Yeah, a little bit of an issue. Could have got better. Chose not to. No big deal. Let's keep it moving. How you doing? Um, another team that got better yesterday. Second half, roughly. Yeah, right around the <laughs> roughly around the second half. Five minutes Maybe, in the second half. Yeah, yeah, there it is. Yeah, yeah there was like well. ten minutes left in the third. Yeah, I think yeah. I was on the clock. I believe around there. Huh. This dude just came trotting out onto the field with a fucking visor on. <laughs> Did you guys see this? Oh yeah. oh, yeah. It was in Atlanta down there. It was down there in Atlanta. Really? Just, just came trotting in. Oh, the three-legged guy. Head of, yes, yeah. the three-tripod oh, yeah. guy. Yeah. yeah, the Super Bowl champion tripod yes. comes waddling in with a visor all of a sudden. And then he just pick. Whoa, that was bullshit call. How is that even an interception? Is this going to break him? No, no, no. Because he comes back on the field afterwards. Three touchdowns Ooh. later, down 16 or something like that. Come back to win the game. He's a hero. Oh, my God. Big Dick Nick Foles is now the QB in the Midway Chicago Bears. Zito, you have to be pumped about this. Bear Don. No, just like four days ago, you're like, in yeah. Mitch we trust, in yeah. Mitch we trust. Trubisky's my quarterback. Trubisky's my quarterback. Yeah, Mitch, Mitch, Mitch. Nick Foles comes in there, does exactly what Nick Foles does. And to Diggs' tweets credit, the Atlanta Falcons did exactly what the Atlanta Falcons do. <laughs> yeah. Last week, it was they didn't know the rules. This week, it's Nick Foles. Did you think There's they were going to have an outside kick again? What's that? Did you think they were going to have an outside kick again? I thought there was a chance that they were going to be able to make up for what they did a week ago. But whenever Nick Foles gets in the game, you in, there, there's an energy. So, for instance... There's a guy named Frank Reich. He's currently the head coach oh, of the Indianapolis Colts who beat 
the breaks off of the Jets, yeah. who, who might be that might be the worst football team I've ever seen on a television screen. Oh, I want to see the 0-16 Lions versus this team so bad. Well, Dan next Ar- week we have the uh, Clemson versus Jets talk coming. So. <laughs> Dan Orlovsky said that his 0-16 Lions team, the team that you are thinking about, and the clip that you are thinking about is currently being aired on our screen here, mm-hmm. where Dan's running for his life in the back of the end zone <laughs> while Jared Allen's celebrating. Whatever, you get it. Dan Orlovsky said, my own 16 Lions would beat the Jets 16 times. Ooh. And after watching them play the Colts yesterday, that might be true. I yeah. think I think I could have won in there and did some damage against mm-hmm. that Jets team. Yeah. It just looks like that whole team hates everything. Oh. They hate the coaches. They hate well, playing. They hate themselves. They hate the fact that they're wearing the Jets. I mean, just everything seems bad. And by the way, we're only three weeks into this thing. Oh. It wasn't a week ago. The owners of the Jets said, Adam Gase, offensive guru, this yeah. guy's a genius. But aside from the Jets sucking, Okay, you know that's gonna happen. You know the Atlanta Falcons are probably gonna try to fuck it up. I mean, that's mm-hmm. what they do. Mm-hmm. But when Nick Foles gets on the field, you yeah. know there's Can't gonna be stop him. Frank Reich. Whenever he was with the Bills, when he would come on the field, they'd be like, "Oh, this guy's gonna go." He came back from like 28 down or 25 down a couple times. He's called Mr. Comeback for a reason. When Nick Foles comes on, you're like, "Holy shit, here we go!" And the interesting situation now is. Like Mitch Trubisky, undefeated starting quarterback, <laughs> yep. yeah. 2020 in the NFL, right? With, with a comeback, like actually undefeated, real life undefeated. Mm-hmm. Nick Foles, undefeated. Nick Foles, you're paying more to. Nick Foles is a Super Bowl champion. We all saw what Mitch Trubisky did last year, and we have no idea what Nick Foles could potentially do. But we know that it's probably not going to be what Mitch did last year, which was oddly reminiscent to what he looked like in the first half of yesterday in the. First three quarters of the first game, in the second half of the second game, the first half of the – I mean, he has a chance to really look bad on Mitch Trubisky, but he's currently undefeated. Yep. Nick Foles also undefeated. Now, do they have too many quarterbacks up there in oh, Chicago that oh, can win oh. games for them? They have the best quarterback room in the whole entire league. What do you do, Zito? If you're, the, if you're Nagy, by the way, don't love that Nick Foles took the visor off, okay? Because he had it on the sideline. Everybody knows he had it on the sideline to look cool. Like, hey, Nick Very Foles, cool. Yeah. Nick Foles looks cool. He has a visor on. By the way, I wish I could have pulled it off, but I couldn't see the ball as well, which I'm assuming he potentially found out as well. But him with that visor on, jogging on the field, I'm like, okay, Nick Foles 3.0? This is 3.0. Oh, yeah. 4.0, actually. Yeah. You go Rams, Eagles, mm-hmm. Jags, Bears. Right? I'm assuming he's somewhere else. No, I You think- could even do five because he starts with the Eagles, right? He had that 27 touchdown, zero interception yeah. streak there. So for this a is bit. Nick Foles 5.0 has the visor on. I'm like, all right, here we go. We're swinging around in the midway. Takes the visor off after throwing a pick, whatever. He goes back and leads him to a victory. Zito, you're Matt Nagy. Yep. You can start Mitchell Trubisky, who's Mitchell Trubisky. We know. Yep. Or you can start. Nick Foles, yeah. who he has three likes. We know who Nick Foles is. I- I've said it before. I, I still uh, believe in Mitch. 100%. I think we start off every game with Mitch, first half, oh. second half, Nick Foles every time. <laughs> kind of like Nick Foles is amazing off the bench. Yeah. Why not take advantage of that? And it's a two-quarterback scheme. Why not? Joining us now is a man who is an ESPN quarterback expert, pundit, also does color commentary for college football. Oh, nice. Called the WVU game this past weekend where WVU was allergic to scoring. Ladies and uh, gentlemen, former NFL quarterback Dan Orlovsky. Hey! Patrick, is that FanDuel thing legit? Yeah, it's legit. Ten bucks, you could win a lot. Diggs has one that has like eleven different plays, and it could win fifteen grand. Oh yeah, tonight. I might have to, might have to uh, dip my toe in the water. Oh! Oh! 
Well, Dan, all right. Now that you're here, Dan. Lose. Now that you're here. Oh, you can't. Well, you you'll get your money back. You can definitely lose. It'll say L on your screen, but you will get your money back, Dan. How? Before we talk about the weekend, let's talk about how you see tonight going. Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, both got better. Did the Chiefs get woken up by the Chargers a week ago? Is this going to be a high scoring like the Rams Chiefs game of years past? What do you see this game going like, and how do you see it turning out? Yeah, definitely be high scoring. Uh, listen, the Chargers always play the Chiefs difficult. They're just built schematically and talent-wise to play them well. That's similar to what San Francisco was. So I don't buy or read into too much of what last week was. It's fair to say the Chiefs have not looked like the defending Super Bowl champions. Um, but I think the things that you know kind of have held them back are really fixable, like Patrick in the pocket, him being just a little bit more comfortable, not drifting. They got to find a way to get some more explosive plays out of their screen game. That's something I'm paying attention to. I think it comes down to the Chiefs' defense handling space. You know, no, the the Ravens are one of the, if not the best team in the NFL offensively, of creating space before the snap and then kind of attacking that space. You got to defend it really well and you got to tackle it really tackle really well in it. And so, if the Chiefs do that um, defensively, I think that they've got some matchups. I think Clyde edwards Lair and Patrick Queen is a big one. Sammy Watkins, if he plays, is physical enough for Marlon Humphrey. So uh, I'm going to take the Chiefs until someone beats them. Uh, they're the best team in football. Dan, what would you do, though, if you let's say you're a D coordinator and you're trying to stop Lamar Jackson in this Ravens offense? What can you do? You know if you match up, you, get, you don't want your anyone's back turned to Lamar. You can have one guy spy him. What good luck. Who's going to spy Lamar and actually be successful? Like, What kind of scheme would you run to give you the best chance? <laughs> Uh, nothing that Matt McAfee's, Pat McAfee's doing right now. Uh, Scheme-wise, I think, first of all, you got to go, you know, kill the mesh point. They have so many of those mesh points between mm. him and the backs or the jet sweeps. you got to bo- blow up the mesh. Second of all, make Lamar be the ball carrier inside. Don't allow the ball to get to the perimeter. And so I'd make Lamar give, you know, either give the ball inside or be the ball carrier inside and dare them to commit to running the ball 40-plus times in the game. You know, they create so many big plays by getting the ball on on the perimeter. Um, I would play bigger up front. You know, I'd play bigger-bodied linebackers if I had them. I've got to trust that my secondary can play and keep the ball in front of them. But I think making them run the ball between the tackles, both Lamar and the backs, and not letting them get outside is where you start. Dan, last year, okay, you – uh, lied about something that I said on the show. Get up, where? Eh, yeah, you did. True. <laughs> yeah, did. I, I, I kind of, um, I, I took your words and grew them. No, nah, yeah, you twisted so you on You misquoted me, and uh, it was on Get Up, and I got buried by all of Philadelphia. You said, amongst other things and other people, that I said the Carson Wentz stunk. You took my name, you threw it in a trash bag, real dramatic. Oh, Dan Orlovsky. Okay, <laughs> I never said that. I said that the Eagles were so hurt. You told me in confidence. Oh, 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 this guy. Okay, so now, hey, by the way, now if you were to quote me as saying that on TV, Philadelphia would be like, we're with McAfee. So it's crazy how much the world can change from that point till now. Even you, who is one of Carson Wentz's biggest fans, maybe the biggest fan, what is happening over there? And do you see a time where Jalen Hurts comes in and saves the day for the Eagles and Carson Wentz's days are done in Philadelphia? Philadelphia. Do you see that day ever coming, Dan? Not anytime soon, no. They they got bigger, way bigger issues than just quarterback. You know, like, listen, Carson's not playing well. 
he's very nonchalant with the football. Like, I don't like his nonchalantness right now where if you just watch him throwing the football, like he misses four or five throws yesterday where it's a bubble or it's a screen because he's just he's very nonchalant with it. Um, you know, the interception, the body language, the, just the almost like, again, I keep going back to this phrase, nonchalant. Like, watch Rodgers right now. Watch Russell right now. Watch Tom and Josh Allen. Like, those guys are very deliberate with everything that they're doing. The, the look in their eye is very deliberate. And I'm not seeing that with his body language and kind of just the way he's throwing the football. So that's got to get better. But the reality is this, dude. I just Josh remember. Allen, hold on. Josh yeah. Allen, you just put into that group right there? MVP of the NFL right now. Hang up. <laughs> MVP of the NFL right now? Aaron, have you seen Aaron Rodgers play football lately? Or have you seen Russell Wilson? Josh Allen. Yeah, I was the one who said Aaron Rodgers looked the best he has in five years week one, and he disputed that. And I would go back and say it again. Just can't play better than Josh Allen. I mean, do you know what Josh Allen's doing right now, Patrick? I know they have a great run game. Just like Green Bay. By the way, I'm not going to talk oh. about that. Have you seen oh, who got they, a great run game? Do you see who they play? He's a big part of that run game. He's accounted for 13 touchdowns this year. Um, oh. He's the second best quarterback in the NFL right now in the fourth quarter when they're trailing. He's gone back to back weeks and had to carry his football team to fourth quarter comebacks. Yesterday, he beats a 2 0 football team that a lot of people think is one of the better teams in the NFL this year in the Los Angeles Rams. So, um, <laughs> Russ has right. been amazing. Right, Here's my thing, Pat. Right. Here's my thing. Russ is amazing. But it doesn't take any courage to say that Russell Wilson's the MVP of the NFL right now. I did it. I said Aaron Rodgers. Let's not. Let's I'm not. not. I'm not going to sit here and like fight that a ton. Again, at week one, I said he was the it was the best he's looked in five years with Rodgers. Well, that's because. But I'm I would shot. put Josh Allen as it. Okay. Hey Dan, who's a quarterback out there that maybe no, getting some good positive pub right now? But you don't think it's a, like is playing like it's a sustainable model of how he's playing. He's not as good as people are making him out to be. Do it, Dan. Bury a quarterback. Good question. Um, sustainable model playing better than people think, and I don't think it's going to be sustainable. How about Nick Foles or Josh Allen? <laughs> Josh Allen. You, you you speak. Well, listen. When Nick Foles steps on the field with a tinted visor, you speak with his name in reverence. <laughs> uh, all right, I'll throw one at you. I'll throw one at you that people probably will get pissed about, but. How about Dak Prescott? This is why. Oh, no. I think Dak is at this point where he has to play perfect every single week for them to win football games. On draft day, when they took CeeDee Lamb with the 17th pick, I said that was a bad pick for Dallas. I got crushed over it because it has nothing to do with CeeDee Lamb. Their defense is really, 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 really bad. And so (laughs) Dak has to have this pressure of playing perfect every week to go win games. I've actually been in this situation before as the backup with Matthew Stafford where, like, Matthew would ball. He would go 30 of 40 for 300 yards, three touchdowns and a pick, and we would lose 38-37, and we lose because of the interception. Or that's a big play in the game, and you go, gosh, like, I played really well, but we don't win the game, and my one bad play costs us the game. Dak was amazing yesterday. And he has two or three bad plays, and those two or three bad plays end up losing the football game. And so I just think that pressure of every single week having to be on, like, perfect, on point, is something that's very difficult to sustain throughout the season. Great answer. That was a really good question by AJ. That was a great answer. Let's talk about, um, let's talk about Aaron Rodgers, shall we? 
You said week one he was playing the best football he's ever played. Here we are, three games into this thing. Do you still feel the exact same? Because I'll tell you what, this entire office does. And he told me and AJ to our face that him coming on our show every Tuesday is the reason why. Have you accounted for that whenever you talk about how good he is at football right now? I have not brought that up yet, but uh, maybe I can incorporate it into a touchscreen here relatively soon. Uh, hey, 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 finally. Uh, Come on. To answer the question, I 100% do. Yeah, this is it's a very interesting situation, right? Because when they fired Mike McCarthy, I remember vividly Aaron going, I was uh, on the road in San Francisco watching that offense and I thought to myself, that offense looks fun. I want to play in an offense like that. They bring in Matt LaFleur and I've got a history with Matt and I'm like this is going to be a really good hire. Last year happens, they're 13 and 3, but like do they get along? And really, Pat, the whole conversation, 90% of the conversation surrounding the Green Bay Packers this year was, well, they needed to take a receiver in the first round, and the quarterback and the coach don't like each other. And then after yesterday's game, first of all, Aaron's balling, and they they scored 37 on the road without Devontae Adams. And then after the game yesterday, Aaron Rodgers goes, Matt's really finding his rhythm with play calling. And it just brought it full circle of going – that's exactly what Aaron Rodgers was want, meant when he was talking about that San Francisco offense. Like It's exactly why Matt LaFleur is there to be their play caller. And when the coach and the quarterback are starting to see things the exact same way, that's when offenses become very, very dangerous. And I think Aaron's looking the best he has in five years. Absolutely. Yeah, they still should have drafted somebody good. AJ, we got to get him out of here in like a minute and a half. Should yeah, have well, drafted I, someone in the first round. What's that? Jordan Love is the right pick in the first round. Oh, get the fuck. All right, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> quarterback expert for ES. Dan, you had, dressing, Dan. you had such a good a interview good up yeah. until that point. No, here's the thing. The guy it's stinks. Seven. He can't even hit a net in practice. Yeah. It's not his fault. <laughs> on, the guy Dan. can't throw a completion to a stationary object at oh, every listen, quarterback in the history. Know. I'm just saying the selection of a quarterback. I don't care if it's Jordan Love or Jalen Hurts or – you know, your future son at some point. The second round pick was the problem. But they're, Pat, they're the first team ever to score 35 points in their first three games and not have a turnover. I don't I don't think the receiver thing's holding them back. Oh, well, how about a about linebacker? linebacker? Patrick yeah. Queen, you're going to watch him tonight. You just said, like, you can't wait for that lineup. He could have been drafted. I don't think they haven't had a good linebacker since that kid from Ohio State. Oh! oh! Let's talk about you, AJ. That's you, AJ. Let's talk about you, AJ. Yeah, but Dan, okay, how is it still the proper pick in the first round if they traded? Aaron still has four years left on his contract. He's not threatening retiring. It's not like the whole Brett Favre situation. Yeah, Dan doesn't know. He's just making shit up right now. <laughs> yeah. Because the last time you want to draft a quarterback is when you need one. Here's the thing, guys. Give me the three or four really good young quarterbacks in the NFL that are playing well right now. Patrick they Mahomes. All, they all have something in common. Patrick Mahomes, Alex Smith was there. Kyler Murray. Go on. Do you want me to go on, or was that that yeah, was going. that was? You the, can't say he's having him and his team are having success right now. Yet, well, oh, because they two lost to the Lions yesterday. All of a sudden, two and uh, Russell, two and one. Russell it's Wilson, Holmes. It's Lamar Jackson. It's Josh Allen. It's Deshaun Watson. They all have something in common. They were all traded up for when they weren't needed. Oh, and Aaron Rodgers was playing quarterback in all the places that they were at. 
No, he can only play on one team, Pat. Oh, yeah, that's what I mean, Dan. Come on, dude. Situations are situational. You cannot compare what they were going through. Joe Flacco to Aaron Rodgers. Is that what you just did there with Lamar Jackson? Yeah, different players. Alex Smith to Aaron Rodgers, which, by the way, San Francisco 49ers got wrong, and now here you are in 2020. They were in the playoffs the year before with Alex Smith. Tyrod, listen, I'm not comparing the starting quarterback. What I'm telling you is this. The organization determined we really like that player and we don't need a quarterback right now. And so we're going to go make that choice because we believe in the development of our young receivers. That's why. I said this draft night. Second round, they should have taken a wide receiver. Yes. But the first round is their decision. And, and it's proving that it wasn't a needed option at wide receiver. They can't stop a runny nose right now on the defensive side of the ball. Their defensive tackle didn't play. Well, you could have a linebacker that's being compared and called Baby Ray Ray, as in Ray Lewis in Baltimore. That's fair. <laughs> oh, don't no. give me that. that, that oh. Let me ask you this question. Let me ask you this question. Please in do. 10 years from now, are the Packers going to be really good because Jordan Love becomes a good player or because Patrick Queen's a good linebacker? In 10 years from now, how many Super Bowls will they have Answer missed out on because they didn't try to build the team that was in the NFC Championship game? Answer my question. Answer mine. I asked mine first. Yeah, but I rebuttaled with a question that's probably a little bit more debunking than your question. <laughs> what was your question? My question was, in 10 years from now, they're going to look back and say, how many Super Bowls did we miss because we had a team that was in the NFC Championship, and instead of getting better to win a Super Bowl, we decided to think a decade down the road. How many Super Bowls do you think they're going to miss out on? I agree with you on the second round pick. I agree with you. Yeah, you're stupid, Dan. <laughs> mm-hmm. Dan. Dan, you're really smart. You're really good at what you do. This particular take is terrible, but they're going to have that. Hey, when you shoot 100 balls, you're going to miss one every once in a while. Ladies and gentlemen, Joe Montana doesn't miss, though, by the <laughs> way. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, ESPN stud. Good guy. Bad take there at the end. Dan Orlovsky. <laughs> you didn't deserve that, Dan. I don't like that you. That was it, yeah. <laughs> Oh, he like yeah. You know Dan's not scared to, to spar back and forth with you. I know I enjoyed it. I enjoyed that a lot. That was a good moment because that was something I was actually passionate about that he was against. And yeah. that doesn't normally happen. Normally I'm just like faux passionate about something <laughs> he's about. That one real. Yeah, he's he's really good at his job because every time he opens his mouth, I want to smack him in the teeth. <laughs> but he but that I mean, hey, but that that's that's good. That's good. He's inciting some type wow. of response. that is not. You, that, whoa. that was not. Well, right. I can't we'll believe for years and years and years you built up and stuck up for Bill's Mafia and now you just want to take them and drag them through the No, mud. no, no. While they're climbing the ladder. I like Bill's Mafia a lot, but yeah. if you watch Aaron Rodgers play football and you watch Josh Allen f- play football, Josh Allen's a lot better than he was last year. Like, mm-hmm. hey, Josh Allen's getting, be- like, Josh Allen's very, very good. I like Josh Allen a lot. I love that the Buffalo Bills are playing the good football. I'm, yeah, I'm a big sure. fan of that. But man, if you're just going MVP as most talented person, okay, I don't think that's him. Most valuable to the team, which is what the MVP means, I don't think that's him either. But I like that the Bills Mafia is like, hey, this is our guy. And by the way, GM Bean said this is our guy. They could have got Cam. They could have got somebody else. They said we're building around Josh Allen. So, hey, I like where Josh Allen's going. But to think that he's playing the best in the world right now, I just, I just think that is a little bit ridiculous. I mean, name the last time Aaron Rodgers tried to do a lateral on the game-winning drive out of him. <laughs> yeah, that was last year. That was last well, that year. Was oh, he yesterday. did one yesterday, he did, too. He, he did another one yesterday. Right out of bounds. Yeah. That's becoming a Josh. Josh Allen move. It's going to be very funny when they boat race the Patriots to see Connor's reaction. Yeah, because I do. It will be funny. By the way, I do think. I think that game is going to be a very, very good game. After watching the Bills, they can run the ball, by the way. They can run the ball. AJ, I can't believe he said that first round pick was a good pick. It's asinine. Well, like, we'll ask him about it when he comes on again sometime, probably next week, but. 
does Jordan doesn't Jordan Love have to to turn out to be their next franchise quarterback for that to be a good pick though? Yeah, and what if he's not? Like, what if that guy gets cut in two years and, and is playing for Dwayne Johnson's league in two years? <laughs> yeah, like what happens then? And could you have? If you said, okay, you don't want to draft a quarterback when you need one, okay, cool. You could have waited at least another year or right. taken a quarterback in the second or third round that you were high on. And they love Jordan, though. So maybe they like his upside. Maybe we're, And by the way, Jordan doesn't deserve any of this. No, no, no. no he, he doesn't. This is not Jordan's fault. No. This is not Jordan's Hit fault. Hit a net, though. Oh, come on. That, that is on him. For like, there's, no, there's no beating around the bush there. Be good enough to dress to yeah. be the backup. Hit the net. Yeah, he didn't even dress. I mean, yeah. that's tough. But, but Tim and Aaron are wrestling around and – Tim Boyle could be the future. Uh, so sorry to interrupt. Obviously, you're enjoying the show, I hope. <laughs> Here's the thing about home security companies. Most trap you with high prices, tricky contracts, and lousy customer support. So while there are a lot of options out there, there's only one no-brainer. Simply Safe. Simply Safe's got everything you need to protect your home with none of the drawbacks of traditional home security. It's got an arsenal of sensors and cameras to blanket every room, window, and door, tailored specifically for your home. A house is made of brick and stone a home is made of love alone well said protect that home professional monitoring keeps watch day and night ready to send police fire or medical professionals if there's an emergency you can set it up yourself in under an hour just peel and stick the sensors exactly where you need them no technician required and there's no contract no pushy sales guys or ladies no hidden fees no fine print all of this starts at just 15 dollars a month i'm not the only one who thinks simply safe is great U.S. News and World Report named it the best overall home security of 2020. Nothing to sneeze at. Nobody's winning anything in 2020. No. They're winning best overall home security. By the way, a lot of people in their homes needing to be secured in the year 2020. Best overall, $15 a month. No weird people walking through your house and doing all that shit. Bet Joe Montana wishes he had Simply Safe. By the way, Joe Montana might have had Simply Safe. That's why he knew to get down there and throw the kidnapper's head like a football back in the 70s, 80s. Both. In his shape-ups, taking no shit. I don't know if we've covered that story yet in the podcast, but no, it's been quite a topic of conversation in the office. Joe Montana, basically Keanu Reeves, Reeves in that movie where he kills John him. Wick. Basically. Mm-hmm. That, people are saying John Wick was potentially made about Joe Montana. I can't uh, refute that. Somebody tried to steal his granddaughter. Mm-hmm. Just walked in his house. Like, legitimately, somebody tried to steal a baby human, and Joe Montana went down there, handled business, they get arrested, and said, please, no more questions. Don't want to hear about it. Legend. Legend. That's what Simply Safe will do for you. Without the shape-ups or the Super Bowls, they will do what Joe Montana did, and that's protect your house. Head to simplysafe.com slash McAfee. That's S-I-M-P-L-I-S-A-F-E dot com slash M-C-A-F-E-E and get a free HD camera for listeners of this show. Wow. That's simplysafe.com slash McAfee to make sure they know that this show sent you and pick up your free HD camera. Great deal. Not a standard deaf bullshit camera that you can't see, which seem to be all over Dateline every fucking week. <clears throat> well, we can't see who... D- this is the blob that did it, but we can't... We just can't make out what it is. This is an HD camera. Free. Simplysafe.com slash McAfee. Back to the show. And the man we're talking to is a man that the world overreacted to after week one. But his coach, former teammate, said, you know what? 
I got faith in this guy to figure it out, as opposed to bringing in some guy off the streets who's probably going to have the same exact first week as this one. (laughs) And I'll tell you what, that has paid off for Mike Vrabel and the Tennessee Titans coming fresh off of a six-for-six game. Ladies and gentlemen, Super Bowl champion, pro bowler, kicker for the New England Patriots, Stephen Goskowski. Oh, nope, Tennessee Titans, Stephen Goskowski. Yeah! Hey, uh, just an average day yesterday, huh? Just another day at the office, I guess. After week one, was there any, I said, I gave an entire speech about how everybody on earth is mad at Stephen Goskowski, but nobody is madder at Stephen Goskowski right now than Stephen Goskowski. After week one, what was going through your mind? What was your thought process? Was it like, hey, we just got to get used to the new uh, snapper holder? Hey, we got to get the jitters off. Hey, is this surgically repaired leg still got it? What was the thought you had after week one? Uh, a lot of self-loathing, a lot of hate towards myself. But, uh, <laughs> you know, no, it was, you know, I was down on myself, and I'm, I'm very hard on myself. But, you know, I guess it's not that easy to just jump in – uh, with one week of practice and go out there and do well. Um, I probably shouldn't have done that bad. Um, to say I was uncomfortable would be an understatement. Um, luckily, we won the game, and you know I got to kick that short kick at the end of the game to win the game and have a chance to not completely blow the night and you know build on last week. Got a game winner at the end of that game, and then uh, you know obviously had a career game uh, yesterday, so that was that was pretty sweet. Yeah, pretty sweet. I'd say watching you yesterday was awesome. Big ball Goskowski is back, by the way. Multiple 50-yarders, no big deal. How you doing? Did you and Vrabes have a conversation after that week one? Obviously, hitting a game winner is massive. I think I talked to Vinatieri before, and I think in one of the Super Bowls where he – or one of those massive game winners that he hit that's – I don't know if it was the championship game or Super Bowl. He missed two kicks in that game, never talked about. Nobody even talks about it. Who cares? Don't need to hear about it. He hit a game winner. For you, though, after you hit the game winner there – the entire conversation was still, does Goskowski got it? Does Goskowski got it? And everybody was like, well, we'll see what Vrabel does. Did you and Vrabel have a conversation there, or was it just understood, like, okay, I got to get better. Yeah, I, we understand what's going on here. No, he pretty much just said to the team that just go out, you need to go out there and make the kicks like you had your whole career. And I just sat there and was quiet and just tried to put my head down and go back to work. And, you know, I mean, I'm used to getting criticized. This was part of being in the position, especially playing New England for 14 years. Uh, there's no shortage of criticism there. So you just get used to it. And, you know, like you said, no one gets as mad at themselves as I do. You know, whatever some reporter or fan you know, says I suck or, you know, sends me death threats or asks me to pay their gambling tab, uh, that stuff doesn't bother me anymore. <laughs> um, what was it? What did you have to work on? Was it timing? Was it strength? Was it what was the exact thing you that you had to get dialed in or was it just a combination of things? I'd say if I had to pinpoint, just feeling comfortable timing and rhythm and, um, you know, getting my legs back in shape to, to be able to stay loose for three plus hours. It's more, you know, when I'm going out there and practicing by myself, you're out there for 30 minutes to an hour, whereas, you know, you, for a game, you have to stay loose for, you know, four plus hours with warm ups and stuff. And, just getting used to that and getting, you know, I mean, this whole year has been nuts with, you know, being at home all day and, you know, out of whack, out of sync, out of everyone's routine. And then just to be thrust into playing again was all exciting and trying to, you know, you know, 
make new friends with the teammates and you know didn't know where to go in the building and then to you know to, to try to start off on a good note and to completely backfire was uh, definitely like getting smacked in the face so it was uh, it was a learning experience and you know, I had a lot of thoughts of just like man screw this I'm not doing this crap anymore <laughs> uh, and then I got over that and you know had a lot of support from friends and former teammates and my wife and you know my mom and dad and you know, my mom still thought I had a good game in the first game. Uh, well, I'm happy you stuck with it. Obviously, the Titans are happy that you stuck with it. Um, yesterday, I saw a couple good high fives. Seems like you've won over the locker room at this point. Couple good high five celebration. Maybe my favorite celebration of all kickers, by the way, is your awkward, uncomfortable high five that happens after every single make. Yeah, you got to find the tallest guy, and you know, I mean, I'm not, a, I'm not a small guy, but. Those linemen are huge. You find the, the six seven guy, you make him put his hand up as high as you can. You try to look as awkward as possible. <laughs> I, I got I got no swag. I got no drip. I got I'm a, I'm a dad of three. You know, the, the dad might come out every once. Oh, oh wow. wow! I might have to save that one for a special occasion. Um, how awkward has it? By the way, not bad form there. A little sneeze into the elbow. The how awkward has it been with no fans and has it been weird? Because you weren't the only kicker that struggled week one, by the way. A lot of kickers struggled week one, then bounced back week two. Do you think it's the lack of fans that's weirder? What do you think it – do you think it's just no preseason, no warm-up? What do you think it was for some guys? And now you're obviously very comfortable six for six. Was there a little bit of an adjustment period kind of getting into that? It was really weird just because it didn't really feel like a game. I mean, I don't know. It's hard to explain. I mean, obviously you get used to, get used to it, but – I mean, you feel more energy in practice than you do sometimes when you can't hear anything or you can hear the coaches talk on the sideline. It's just something different and new that you got to get used to and used to, you know. I mean, you get used to, you know, zoning out the noise when there's a ton of noise or someone's yelling, you suck, this goes to you, something like that. <laughs> but then when there's complete silence, it's just kind of an uncomfortable feeling. And, um, you know, hopefully we'll get the fans back soon so we can get back to normal. But it definitely was – a feeling that I've never had before where, you know, it just, it didn't really feel like a game um, until, you know, I started screwing up a lot. And then I was like, Oh crap, this is a real game. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can really get fired for this. Okay. These aren't practice reps. That's good. The, the thought of having to have sound, by the way, like when I golf, I, I have to have music on or something. The quiet is just so, it's so weird for me. I, I don't know. It's just kind of something. I would assume it's because of the fans yelling at you. I don't know. Kind of, I'm the same way. Like, I've, I've always been a lot better at calming myself down than gearing myself up to go as, as it pertains to kicking. It's not like with kicking or punting, you can just, you know, take a bunch of pregame workout stuff and ram your head against the wall and get juiced <laughs> up. It's kind of like you have to be, you know, smooth and calm under control and i've always been a lot better at calming my nerves down and calming myself down when my when i get you know a lot of adrenaline going where i've had a lot more of a problem with getting myself going when i'm not feeling it and you know that's something i continue to work on and um i think maybe a little bit of that kind of happened to where you know maybe i was a little too nonchalant about the whole the whole game and um you know it's in the past now so I'm, you know, I'm kind of done talking about it yeah absolutely we're moving past it but year 15 now is probably a good time to learn how to 
you know, this is going to really help you going forward, you know? Whenever you, yeah. whenever you maybe, get, I'll give a, maybe I'll give a little more emphatic high five. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what's going on. Uh, Steve, you and Mike Vrabel both played for Bill Belichick. Do you see similarities between the way uh, Vrabel and Belichick run things and uh, how their coaching styles are? I mean, I've only been there for three weeks, so it's, it's kind of hard to get a, a true feel. But, um, I mean, the Mike that I knew does, doesn't seem to have changed. He's... You know, he's, he's a great coach. He's gets the attention of all the guys and, um, you know, he's demanding and he's, he's firm and he's, he's very witty and funny and he's, you know, um, you know, he's, he's a ball buster for sure. So <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's been, it's been a cool thing to see. And, uh, you know, I played with him for three years, but it's not like I was in position meetings with him and stuff like that, you know? So it's, it's, it's kind of cool to be on, on a, uh, you know, be coached by a guy that you played with, but, you know, it's hard to compare coaches, especially in my position. You know, they kind of just leave me alone. <laughs> True. Does he just have a big old I, – I think of Rabel, I think of him just having a big old jaw just mm-hmm. in his mouth all at all times. Yeah. Just like one of the biggest packs ever of all time, just ready for it. You can't talk about who who, who does and who doesn't dip on the team. Smart. <laughs> True. Smart. I mean, Good you just went six for six yesterday. I think today's the day you could probably let some things fly if you really <laughs> wanted to, but I'm happy that you did. Ladies and gentlemen, he's all the way back. Can't wait to watch it for the rest of the season. You're the best, brother. Thanks, man. High five. La- hey. <laughs> hey. Ladies and gentlemen, high five, Steven Goskowski. Yeah! Thank you, Steven. Woo! See you, buddy. <laughs> Joining us now is a man who played quarterback in the NFL. He played quarterback for a team that sucks at football now. Ladies and gentlemen, not USC. I'm talking about former New York Jets star quarterback. And I don't think he ever got enough credit for being good for the Jets because I'll tell you what, the Jets haven't been worth a single damn since this man left town. Ladies and gentlemen, the incredibly handsome Mark Sanchez. Good to see you, buddy. Sanchez, how you doing, pal? Shoot, if I were any better, it'd be against the law, man. <laughs> oh! Yeah, living I stole that from my dad, and I'm starting to sound more and more like him every day. It's <laughs> terrifying. Well, I do see on the internet your dad of the year. I see your kid uh, roaming around the backyard and stuff like that. Incredibly cute. Going to be a heartbreaker, Thank I'd you. assume. You're going to have to deal with that. That's on you, not on me. Um, <laughs> let's, talk about, let's talk about the Jets because, I mean, it is the team that you are most obviously – Paired with, they mm-hmm. suck at football, Sanchez. I mean, just so bad at football. And I watched them yesterday against the Colts, and I don't think I've ever had eyes. You see these eyes? I don't think I've ever had eyes on a football team worse than them. And I feel like I've watched a lot of bad football. How do you fix it? Is it fixable? And do you think they just need a complete rebuild from top to bottom? Well, here's here's the problem. When you start talking about rebuild, that's becoming synonymous with the Jets right now. <laughs> and I don't know if I don't know if that's necessarily the answer the problem is they missed on a couple free agents right mosley Le'Veon bell just haven't panned out for whatever reason i don't think it's a talent issue i think they're it's an availability issue right so those guys are down now the other issues are you're trying to draft these kids and receivers and weapons for sam but uh, who's the kid from baylor it's mims right i think yeah. they're receiver. i mean first day of training camp boom goes down with a hamstring then, um, you know, he comes back a couple weeks later, goes down again. So guys just aren't available. Now you're putting a product out there on the field that is in no way ready to compete with the rest of the league. It, it honestly um, is frustrating to watch 
and I, I really feel for Sam because I've lived it. And those last two seasons I had in New York, the roster looked almost identical. We had Santonio Holmes, who was nicked up. We had just paid him, and he was nicked up. He hurt, um, what do you have, a foot injury? He had like a Liz Frank injury, so he was gone. And when you pay these guys money, you expect them to produce. And for whatever reason, if it doesn't happen, things go south. But you can't just cancel the games, right? You can't just, oh, okay, we'll, we'll get them next year. It's, okay, somebody's got to go out there and play. And we were literally calling up new receivers every week. And guys that you've never heard of, they don't have a household name that a defensive coordinator looks at during the week and goes, okay, what are we going to do about this guy? Uh, are we going to double him? Are we going to cloud help this, uh, you know, cornerback with a safety for this guy? Uh, we got to be ready for wide receiver screens. We got to be, they don't have to be ready for anything. It's like, let's go play a preseason game and play our base defense day one and two install of defense, throw in a couple of exotic blitzes and we'll kick their ass. And it's just really That's, unfortunate. It's disheartening. I feel bad for him. That was exactly what happened yesterday, by the way. I watched it. And, that was, yeah, and Sam, yeah. by the way, Sam, uh, I saw him last week make this play where he was rolling left and it was a sidearm ball. It was like Patrick Mahomes. It was on a line for like 30 yeah. yards. And I think being somebody who doesn't live in the New York area and doesn't watch a lot of Jets games for whatever reason, I saw that and I was like, oh, shit. Like, this guy can play the, this guy can play the football. This guy is very, very good at football. He has... <laughs> No shot right now. Yesterday, he threw some bad balls. There's a couple of bad picks, things like that. But when you're a quarterback and the whole world seems to be crumbling around you, I think he's, what, 21 years old, too? I'm not even sure he's – I think he's 19 years old. What is your mindset day-to-day? It's like, hey, we have to get better. I have to get better. Or is it like I just need to survive this? I need to figure out how to survive day-to-day in here. Well, that's what it becomes, uh, a survival technique, right? And you go to – you know the deepest darkest place that you have and it's frustrating because you're out there trying to make plays now everybody you feel this pressure and it's so heavy the weight of it is just eating at you and then everybody feels it right so now play callers start to press a little bit now oh man maybe we should fire so and so that's what players are thinking right guys are starting to talk about it this stuff is manifesting itself on sundays and then the talk through the week is Oh, man, this guy needs to go. Oh, he's no good. Oh, they blew it with this guy. So everybody's got that anxiety there, right? And mm. and there's no, there's no remedy for that, unfortunately, but time. And so the frustrating part for Sam is he's just going to have to, you know, put his head down, try and avoid media as best you can, and just go work on his fundamentals, go work on his mechanics, and keep making those splash plays when they come. But most importantly – you know, stay alive in the pocket, but it's all right to toss that thing in the in the sixth row if, uh, if nothing's <laughs> happening. You know what I mean? That sounds. Hey, by the way, that's, because I did I did the opposite, and and I'm guilty of, you know, not caring too much, but like trying too hard. Like, oh, yeah. okay, well, if these other guys aren't going to go catch the ball, like I'll find, I'm a, I'm going to put one right in his face mask. <laughs> like I don't care. And there's two guys draped on me. I don't care. I'm going to struggle and put the ball at risk and just chuck this thing because nothing else is working. But the problem is then you become the bad guy and they're like, well, why don't you just get out? <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't recommend he does that. Hey, Mark, oh, you're such a hero. Yeah, yeah. Mark. Mark, Sam, do as I say, not as I do. Yeah, legit. <laughs> that's a real thing because then he can start looking like the bad guy. Like, for instance. Oh, 100%. Yeah, yeah. Then it's going to be, oh, Sam Darnold sucks. We need to draft a new quarterback. Trevor Lawrence is coming up. Tank for Trevor. Come on, dude. You got your quarterback. Like, let's just build around him and help him out.
the the New York media, I assume, is not going to be friendly to him. I assume Sam Donald is not going to be friendly. And he was trotted out there yesterday after the game. You know? Go ahead. Oh. Go ahead out there. And he's going to sit yeah. there and answer questions. And they're asking him questions that there is a 0% chance he can give a real answer if he wanted to. He cannot. There. No. How do you feel you were prepared? Okay. So now Sam Darnold has to become a politician. Okay, he has to oh, yeah. he has to speak here. Absolutely, but he has to put away all of his anger for maybe another year of his career getting wasted here. He has to put aside any potential ass beating he just took, every pick he just took. The thought of the next four games probably going to be even worse than the first three were. He has to put that all aside, and now he has to put on a good face for the head coach, saying we were perfectly prepared for this whole thing. That that isn't in the quarterback one hundred and one playbook. Like, hey, th- by the way, you're going to get crushed sometimes. Okay, yeah. Just be blindside shots your head's going to get dislodged like joey burrow you're going to do all these things you're going to have to deal with pressure and all this but then also when everything's falling you have to say all the right things because nobody else will that has got to be the one of the most difficult parts of the entire thing <laughs> it's uh it's frustrating the things that come to mind are like the charlie brown like wah, 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 <laughs> that, or like a bad kung fu movie like father i have failed you i you know like that's what you're doing up there though you're essentially on autopilot and you make these um cliche statements yeah it's just he's gonna kill everybody with cliches right it's just hey listen we got to execute better and it starts with me at the quarterback position you know i got to analyze and make sure i'm doing everything i can uh, mechanically and preparation wise so we'll just you know it's back to the drawing board and we just got to keep fighting hey sam why did blah 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 he can't talk about like Hey, this guy going against that corner, I mean, this corner basically got, like, a day off today, okay? Because <laughs> he's not really worried about this guy, so he kicked his ass all day long. And when I'm back there, you know, trying to throw to this guy, he's not open, and the three other guys aren't open either. And we're missing blocks, so what do you want me to do? You know, that's what you want to say, but you just can't. You can't, because it doesn't do anybody any good, and you kind of look like an asshole, Oh, you do that. So it would be it's, so it's awesome, though. It would be so awesome yeah. if Sam Darnold just came <laughs> out there just and just went like, oh. uh, you know, La Flama Blanca and just told the truth. <laughs> oh, that would be awesome. unbelievable. You're watching the same thing I'm watching. Why are you asking these stupid questions? All right. Not a single dude was open the entire game. I'm trying my best. Did you see a week ago? Sidearm, yeah. 35 yards. I'm the only son of a bitch that can do it. But Sam Darnold won't do that because he's the right guy. He's a good guy. Yeah. And that's why I chose not to be an NFL quarterback. What do you got, Ty? Mark, I, how- think, I think we found a new segment. What he should have said. I'll dress up like Sam. You be the media. You give me the Thor hammer of questions, and I'll give what he's really thinking. You know, like they did that, like Key and Peele did for Obama? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's <laughs> real. That's real, though, because you're probably the only person in the most recent history who yeah. has been in the exact same exact same spot as him from the same school. Yeah. By the way, USC to the Jets. We get screwed over the situation we're in. We st- Oh, not a bad hammer there, pal. 13 ounce. 13 ounce claw hammer. Yeah, give me my new hammer, please. I got a new hammer, by the way. It's not a Thor hammer, but Oh, that's a sickle. Oh, oh, I thought thought it was a hammer. Oh, shoot. See, you you just kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then if you really want to do it, that'll kill a man. What do you got, Ty? Mark, uh, how much of the Jets' dysfunction and failure falls at Adam Gase's feet? And do these guys really want to play for him? Because, like you guys have been mentioning, like in post game, they're saying, like, oh, we love Coach Gase. He's the guy for the role. But when he comes off like such an arrogant asshole, like, do these guys still want to play for him? 
Listen, that's tough to say, and and I do my best not to like certain situations. I know from experience. But again, there are different variables in this situation. So I can't say for sure what the locker room's going through exactly, right? Like what those meetings are, because I'm not in there. But listen, it's just, just know that it's weighing on everybody. And when somebody puts that, like plants that little seed about, oh man, it's the coach's fault, then it becomes an easy out. And unfortunately, guys who aren't like, the best professionals will kind of use that as as an excuse like well he's not a very good coach so maybe i don't prepare as hard or yeah i used to stay late on wednesdays and thursdays but i mean our team kind of sucks anyway we're on three you know what i mean so guys go through that now does that you know do i know for a fact that that's happening not 100 percent, but i'd i'd be you know pretty sure that somebody's thinking that yes and uh it's just sure. it's just tough right because as soon as they plant that seed it's there right you speak things into existence the antithesis of this the seattle seahawks right russell wilson's speaking stuff into existence hey here we Even go here we go baby here we go play. hey clear Whoa. eyes open heart here we go here we go we're gonna play good football now. hey our defense yes. isn't gonna be good at all but we're gonna throw hey, a lot of touchdowns right that's what he does every single game literally go hawks go hawks, but, go hawks. and <laughs> what he does is he also has a lot of really good players around him so they can afford to say things like that like hey it's gonna be great you can't just do that when you have you know a pile of crap (laughs) like oh this is gonna be awesome you could try you could fake it as best you can but you want to go eat a crap sandwich it's still not gonna taste good i don't care what you tell yourself hey quick question why is everybody calling me a communist with this thing oh it's because the hammer and sickle it's from the old ussr soviet uh, union logo on there yeah the hammer and the sickle it's not russian z it's not it's a dothraki war weapon yeah i mean oh that too yeah yeah okay thank you yeah this isn't by yeah. the way, Give could be us. used as a hammer too. Yeah. Anybody? Yeah. Just don't hold no political agenda with this sickle. Guys. Oh yeah. I, by the way, can't even spell communist. But no, it's not good. It's uh-huh. Not the red curtain over here. <laughs> <Yeah>. Separate <laughs> as separate things, they're fine together. Is the yeah? You can't put yeah. the hammer in that together. No, I would. Yeah, that's never. Not Listen, you fucking communists watching on YouTube. <laughs> don't you be coming after me, okay? No. I don't need that. Nostrovia. I'm a big freedom guy. <laughs> big freedom guy. All right, let's talk about Mitchell Trubisky. Let's say you were Mitchell Trubisky. Oh, man. You're Mitchell Trubisky. Hi, I'm Mitch Trubisky. I got drafted ahead of Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes, and now I'm at the Bears. I had a great year. We made the playoffs. A blocked field goal that ended up hitting two of the three uprights. Kicks us out. The next year, I don't know how to play football anymore. Is it me? Is it Nagy? I come back. They sign Nick Foles. Nick Foles comes in, leads them to a massive heroic comeback victory. Now, who's the starter going into week four? Mitch Trubisky? 3-0 and as a starter. Nick Foles, undefeated for the Bears. What a situation that is. How do they handle it? Publicly, they said, we're just going to work hard, whoever's the starter, whoever's the starter. That can't be a real, though, mindset. Could it be? Uh, I don't understand how, you, how you're going to f- flip-flop. You know, I, Tony Dungy said it last night. Like, once you go with another guy, like, you got to be prepared for him to go on. Like, that's it, barring any injury. But I just – I thought it was so crappy. Like, it, he, he was playing okay, right? Like, he's he's playing pretty well. The interception he threw, I mean, unless he just missed, like, a bunch of run checks that, you know, we don't know about. I mean, you could go back and watch the tape, but, I, I mean, they were competitive. They were in the game. And they're playing Atlanta, who finds a way to lose these games in the third and fourth quarter, right? Like, oh, why hit the panic button after one interception? So that, that really uh, shocked me. And, 
um, it, it's it was really unfortunate. The other thing too is that that shallow route that he's throwing to Jimmy Graham that got picked. Those things usually have tags on them to be able to sit down, especially in a West Coast system like Nagy's part of. Like you can sit down and zone if there's somebody going to cut off your route. So there was some sort of miscommunication there. I'm not saying it was the best decision to throw that ball. Sure sounds like you said it's Jimmy Graham's fault right there. (laughs) No, I'm not saying for sure. Those things go – it's a two-way street, right? The receiver's got to give you the right indicators. If I give you my eyes, if I'm looking at you, I'm booking. I'm running. But if I don't look at you, slam on the brakes and show you my numbers, I'm putting it on your body. So there was some sort of miscommunication there, but that that's a two-way street now. And if that's the reason he got pulled, that's crazy. That one throw, that's that's BS. So you're but ups- you're if upset it's a about a bunch of things Hold accumulating on over time. Yeah, you're saying, or, or they just wanted, they were just looking for an excuse because that's what it looked like. That so you kind of have sympathy here for Mitchell Trubisky in the place that he's in because he has played great football a couple years ago and a few quarters this year. He's played some great football, yeah. unbelievable football. They're undefeated right now. Atlanta Falcons zero and two were favored playing them, so nobody respected their undefeatedness. If that's an actual word, I'm not 100 oh, yeah. sure. <laughs> oh yeah, but you're saying like, hey, if you really want to give Mitchell Trubisky a shot, and they do, right? They named him the starter to begin the season when everybody assumed. Nick Foles was going to be named a starter or it wasn't going to be a fair competition for who the starter was if you if you really want to give him a fair shot if you if you go two and one after your first three games like that's not too terrible of a start you're much no. better off than a lot of teams maybe he bounces back next week now he's got an entire thing popping off in his head whether or not he's a starter going into week four he's two and one now it's almost like it was inevitable that hey you keep fucking around Nick Foles is going to come in and that's a tough place to be I guess Oh, it's terrible. Now, if you go back in, you're like, okay, I can't make a mistake. You know, you got to be able to play oh, free. Oh, no. And Bears are dead. Bears are dead. Oh, no. No, no. Bears are dead. What do you say? Bears are dead. Oh, are they Bears fans? Oh, yeah, yeah. we got to die hard down here. He doesn't know who to oh, cheer nice. for. Yeah, I got <laughs> <laughs> no idea. They're dead. Uh, yeah, I, I, don't, I mean, I don't think they're dead. Thank They'll you. be fine, you, but... It's just you don't do that to a quarterback. That doesn't make sense, and it just seemed like a quick hook to me, in my opinion. I don't, you know, like I said, I'm not in the meetings. Played a lot of football, seen a lot of football. That just seemed a little strange. Like that was that was the idea going into the game. If you know, if he screws up at all, like so much as coughs the wrong way, yank his ass, and that's crazy. <laughs> so you believe. On the record, Mitchell Trubisky did not deserve to get benched yesterday, which gave an opportunity to Nick Foles to do what Nick Foles does, which is swing his big thing around and come back and win. And now they've made their bed and they got to sleep in it now because they made that one bad decision, which has led them to here. Yeah, if you're going to force me into that hot take, fine. Wow. I'll give you consent for that hot take. Not a hot take. You said it, not me, pal. I didn't say it. I said it. You amplified it. I'll own it. I think it was a little soon. (laughs) Listen, I love both of those quarterbacks because I played with both of them. I've been on teams with both of them. And Nick's a great dude. And these guys are going to work together and figure it out because they're both great people and great ball players and professionals. So they'll say the right things, but I just – that was that was a little quick for me uh, yesterday to, to pull him that soon. Okay, so that means Nagy wanted his ass out of there. Okay, you pace. This is your guy. We started. We brought in Foles. I brought in my people. Okay, we win games. By the way, that's what we do. What? And that's that's the other thing too. Like, there's there's a political side to this. Like, maybe Nagy's like, well, shoot, if I dis- distance myself from him, and Nick plays well, I get to stay. 
maybe somebody else is gone. Mitch is who he's saying. Now, let's, <laughs> uh, before we let you go, Mark, and I can't thank you enough for joining us. West Coast time, too. You're up early. Top of the morning to you, pal, over Good there. Good morning. Um, Good morning. Good morning, Mark. If you're Joe Burrow, good morning, Mark. Good morning, Mark. Good morning. Good morning, Mark. Good morning. Buenos dias. How's breakfast, Mark? Buenos dias. Buenos dias. Aquí estamos, mi amigo. Huh? Whoa. Dude, if I'm Joe Burrow right now, I'm feeling good. That's what I'm about to say. If you're a quarterback and your head gets dislodged from your body for a second and then it comes back and you have to go to the sideline, then you come back, by the way. Just a play later, and you lead your team into a tie, into a tie game against the Eagles. <laughs> that has to feel. But those shots, though, the quarterbacks get, and you guys get paid oh, yeah. a ridiculous amount of money. You get treated like royalty. Yeah. You get pampered everywhere you go. All that stuff. <laughs> but those types of shots are real problems. I mean, is that just something that you know is inevitable? But Joe, he almost lost his head. It felt like his skull yeah. was leaving his body, and then he just gets right back into the game. Is that normal for a quarterback? to take a shot like that and just get right back in the game or is that an elite toughness that Joe Burrow has because he's from Ohio and what's the hardest shot you took that didn't involve somebody's ass oh that was rude no no fair question it's a fair question Mark it was not that was just a question that was morning Mark no, no, no. Oh, you are not on the oh, phone. Yeah. You are with us, Mark. Yeah, sure. No, no. You are with us, Mark. I'm just wondering. Um, let's see. <laughs> Joe Burrow has this unique ability to wake up and um, uh, ignite a fire in himself when he gets hit. You saw it at LSU in the bowl game before their you know, uh, incredible run. I think they played UCF or somebody like that. But he got smacked, came back in the game, threw like four touchdowns. Then against Alabama uh, early in the game last year, he's running towards the sidelines. And I remember talking about this. I'm like, dude, get out of bounds. And he's like, no, man, you know me. Like, I need to take a hit just to, like, get into the game. And that's the way he is. Now, I don't recommend he takes those hits all the time because, like you said, his head almost got dislodged from his body. <laughs> it really did. So he's going to need a chiropractor. He's going to need a great massage today. But that's who Joe Burrow is. And he is such a competitor it's, uh, it's been impressive to watch. The stuff he's doing at the line of scrimmage, before the play, uh, after he gets hit, in tough situations, converting third downs, being strong in the red zone, and taking care of the football. I mean, you want your three-, four-, five-year veteran quarterback to start doing those things and like tighten those things up. He's already doing them yeah. with an offensive line that makes every play – like the toughest quarterback drill you do, right? You do these <laughs> drills in the offseason because you can't get used to like five steps in rhythm, one hitch, throw. That happens like two, three times a game, maybe. And when it happens, you're like, oh, God, that felt good. Why can't we do that more often? And then the next play, you're like, oh, shit, this guy's going to kill me. Oh, shit, this guy's going to kill me. Over one, up one, you know, off one foot, attack the line of scrimmage, keep my shoulder square, keep the ball tight, boom, tuck it so the defensive lineman doesn't swat it out of my hands. He's doing that every play. So every play is a quarterback drill, which is exhausting. I mean, I get tired watching him play. So he's absolutely impressing me, and uh, the sky's the limit for him. If they give him some time, look out, man, because they have a couple weapons on the edge. Different than Sam Darnold. They have some weapons that can help him make plays, right? He can extend the play, but you need guys to ultimately eat up some yards for you and do something with the ball in your hands after you catch it. Last question. Honestly, don't want to take up too much of your time. Follow-up. Uh, is Joe Burrow an anomaly in the quarterback world as he likes to take a hit? Because I know linebackers like to have a hit. I know there's some offensive linemen that like want to feel one, defensive linemen, things like that. I'm not sure I've ever met a quarterback that's like, you know what? 
want to almost get paralyzed and I'll get right into this <laughs> stuff. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, so it's, it doesn't have to be like a knockout shot, right? But like something, just like getting, even in preseason, like just getting pushed down after a throw and you kind of like hit the turf and roll a little bit. It's like, ah, okay, I'm in the game. After your first completion, ah, all right, we're in the game. Like, let's roll, boys. Here we go. And that's kind of how I felt growing up and as a you know professional player. But he is, he's something else, man. I'm trying to think of my, uh, I still have a click in my jaw. And uh, it's from, it's from um, playing the Patriots on October, in October. Uh, it was right around Halloween, my rookie year. I think I put Lee Bodden in the Pro Bowl from that game because he bought me a drink in Miami after the season. was like, hey, bro, thank you. Oh, nice. My brother's like, Hero. My brother's like, who is that? I was like, that's Lee Bodden. I think I threw him three interceptions <laughs> this year. So. He was my number one target that week, and uh, it was a rough day. But I remember just getting jacked up so bad right under the chin before, like, all this helmet-to-helmet stuff and before they were protecting the quarterback quite as much. Bro, this thing, like, I was ringing in my ears, and (laughs) Brunel used to tell me, this is horrible, but before concussion protocol and all this kind of stuff, you would look at the white lines almost like a sobriety test or something, right? You would look at the white lines, find the correct color jersey, and then walk towards that. While I was watching the white lines. So I didn't waver. So no one would take me out of the game. I'm dead serious. Oh. Now, I don't think this is smart. I don't recommend this, especially now oh. with everything they know about concussions and, and you know, player judge. safety and all that. But that's that was the time. That was true. This is true, what I'm telling you. And I remember opening my jaw. I could still, it still clicks from that one hit. And I was just like, damn, dude. Okay, this is what you sign up for. This is awesome. Did this you really con- hurts, but this is awesome. Did you continue to play because you passed the sobriety oh, test? Oh, yeah. I continued to throw another interception to Lee Bodden. <laughs> no shit, Mark. Jeez. I'm happy you're safe. Your brain is good. You're still handsome. Your kid's awesome. And every time you come on the show, we appreciate you. Ladies appreciate and gentlemen, me. the host of Fourth and Forever. ESP, are you still doing ESP? Yeah, I see you on TV every Saturday. Yeah, get up. Thanks for watching. Oh yeah. Oh no. Uh, Good morning, uh, Mark Sanchez. Thank you, Mark. You're the man. Welcome to an hour that is lovely, referred to as. McAfee and Hawk. Joining us now is a Super Bowl champion and national champion fresh off a of calling an electrifying college football game this weekend. Ladies and gentlemen, f- gentlemen, former member of the Green Bay Packers and the Ohio State Buckeyes, Mr. Aaron James Hawk. What's happening, guys? What time is Orlovsky on? I don't know. Probably like 23 minutes or so. Cool. I got some. I got some good questions for Dan. I want to know if these quarter, some of these quarterbacks are for real that are playing kind of out of their mind right now. Who do you think are some quarterbacks that are playing out of their mind right now? Well, I mean, Josh Allen is a legit MVP candidate, isn't he? After three oh. weeks. I mean, they have a great running game, so I'm not 100 percent sure that the Bills Mafia, whenever they say that it is all on Josh Allen's back, is 100 percent accurate. But I'll tell you what, watching him throw the ball around yesterday was a lot of fun. Now, Los Angeles Rams obviously made it a game. They're up 25, didn't step on their throats, let the Rams get back into it. But when Josh Allen had to make a play, I don't know if that was a pass interference, but when Josh Allen had to make a play, Josh Allen made a play, and I think he's stepping into superstardom as we speak, my friend. Yeah, I think it was good to see from both teams. Uh, like you said, the Rams making the comeback and then the Bills 
finding a way to win. And like you said, who knows if that was a uh, pass interference or not. I'm sure, sure it depends what it, team you're rooting for. Was. What do you sure, think? Sure didn't look like. I, I mean, I made an entire video about it, but then as soon as I put the video out about it, because remember, you used to be able to challenge something like that. Mm -hmm. But the guy that was in charge of ruling whether or not it was pass interference whenever you challenged it to potentially help out the eyes on the field and to make the game a better game and a more efficient game and knowing that a pass interference car, uh, call is detrimental to the entire game. The guy that was put in charge of this brand new challenge, this brand new rule, uh, was drunk behind the wheel and drove it right off a cliff. His name was Alberto Riveron, ruined the call, yep. can't challenge it anymore, and now the game is not better because of it, but I'm not even sure they would ever turn the call in the field. It was just the matter of a fact of a ref saying, hey, I want to decide the outcome of this game. I'm going to go ahead and call it, because it felt like it could have been on both sides to be 100% candid there. Yeah, if I'm a ref, I don't want to be in that position. Like, that's not uh, that's not a gig I want. Is it someone that's kind of deciding one way where this game is going to go? Another one that could have been reviewed was the uh, the Cook touchdown against uh, – not Cook. Who was it that caught the ball against Malcolm Jenkins? In the Mercedes Lewis. Mm -hmm. Yeah, my bad. Yeah, Mercedes, who they mentioned. Oh, hey, uh, Walker in her age, and then he comes out there and catches a beautiful touchdown pass. They, I know Malcolm Jenkins at least wanted the offensive pass interference on that one. What do you think? Of I didn't think it was a full extension. Yeah. I, I think it was. It, I think the first, the, by the way, Malcolm Jenkins with the, oh, yeah, was awesome. <laughs> yeah. T.Y. Hilton had one of those yesterday, a full, ah, one of those things. The refs are put in a bad spot, right? The the refs are put in a bad spot, AJ, strictly because it is all bang, bang. And there's so many little things that have to happen. Was it this? Was it this? And all this nonsense. But the thing for me is there was a, a chance to get those overturned and get those right. Uh -huh. And they're like, well, with a judgmental call, you never know what the call is. It's like, no, no, no. Last year, I feel like 90% of the pass interferences that were challenged were all 100% agreed upon by the humans on the internet. The internet never comes together on anything, ever. I don't think, other than Cam Newton's gif yesterday of him sliding down that bench being awesome, you rarely see the internet come together. Last year, every single time one of those pass interferences was challenged, everybody on the internet had the same agreeing. This is, should be overturned, except for Alberto Riveron. Alberto Riveron, the man that was tasked with doing the actual job, always got it wrong, so they got rid of it. But I think in that one, I don't think that was a full push-off. I think the guy sold it a little bit. Mercedes Lewis has a big body, scores a touchdown. I think in that Bills one, now granted, Bills Mafia told me that earlier, for the Rams to come back, there were some calls that were suspect, and I did not see those, so I don't want to you know, say like the Bills or the Rams got screwed here. But this, if we look at just this call, that was a, a linchpin on the Bills coming back and winning this against the Rams with a pass interference on a fourth down call inside the 10-yard line with limited time left this i think is a very tough call to make if you're that ref it, but we should be able to look at it and say yeah that was that was a tough call by the ref yeah i mean i, I think you I, I feel for the ref being in that position but that is his job i do you think they should find a way to bring pass interference like the challenge back somehow can, can they yes. get it right after they just botched it when they did have it in play yeah you just got to get a human that's under the age of 70 that knows the <laughs> yes. game that can see things that can do it efficiently and quickly and maybe even yes i think you know what i think we should do okay i've said this a few times all right i'm tired of always having to say this the fact that the xfl's review system 
wasn't just plucked from Dwayne Johnson immediately upon purchasing the bankrupt company and dropped right into the NFL. Makes no sense. And by the way, get former players to be the Xbox controllers up there in the booth. So players who have been there, been trained, they understand the situation, they understand the circumstance, have them be the ones that are talking directly into the ref's ear. You can get it sponsored by Microsoft. You can get it sponsored by Amazon. Expedite the process. Have them running the challenge. Have them mic'd up right to the ref. So at least whenever they make a call, we know why because if you don't know the why you're going to question every decision so whenever they don't let us hear what's happening whenever they're staring into that big ass thing and they put the headphones on and why they make it's very difficult to be like oh that makes sense when everybody else on earth did not see it that way i just don't know why they didn't take the xfl's review system put some players up there now you have a hey that's good for nflpa good hey look relationships here we go we're adding jobs and these guys have been on the field so they've been there done that they're probably a little bit quicker a little bit younger know how to operate the things and let's get these calls right aj i think we need to get these calls right Hell yeah i mean I don't, i'm not saying i completely disagree with you i'm just saying how people will pick that apart if you do have former players in that gig don't you think people will say well no they have an inherent biases because this head coach of one of these teams was the special teams coach for this player when he played with the jacksonville jags like you're gonna have a former player's gonna have ties to a lot of coaching staff some players all different kind of people and i think at least the general public will feel like you'll have trouble, I guess, separating yourself from like the making those calls. Quick question, Zito. Where was the ref from yesterday that called that interception by Nick Foles that could have easily been called a touchdown in Atlanta while Chicago Bears traveled there? Uh, he was born in Atlanta, Georgia, and his son was drafted by the Packers. Okay, that doesn't help this particular point, but I appreciate you knowing everything about Jerome Booger uh, at the exact time when called upon. How about this, Zito? I don't know if you're the right person to ask this question. I don't know if you know the answer. The ref in the New Orleans Saints-Los Angeles Rams game, the pass interference, the phantom pass interference that created the challenge uh, of pass interference rule down there in the Superdome in the playoffs, which was a blatant pass interference that wasn't called. Do you know where the ref was from that was sitting right on top of that? Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Oh, so yeah. whenever you're talking about inherent biases and things like that, I think as long as there's humans involved, there's going to be potential biases, but we just got to act as if they are protecting the shield in the long. I, I mean, I understand that you're just playing devil's advocate over there and people are going to pick things apart. But if AJ Hawks up there with the Xbox controller, oh. I feel like he's going to be fair and square, layer stern and fair. Yep. That's what I think. I honestly believe that. I would hope I, would hope I could be if I accepted a job like that, but it, Think about it. Think I'm. Think if I'm up there. First off, this is a PlayStation uh, controller. Xbox. I'm already out. Microsoft. Of that game. I Xbox. Dude. Super Nintendo. So uh, that's that's my problem right there. I need an old school remote. But I, I probably would have an issue. Nerd. Let's say it's our Tuesday reoccurring guest, Aaron Rodgers. He throws a great, beautiful touchdown pass, and they're ch- they're trying to see if there was offensive interference on it. There I may have some trouble making that call. I think I might just okay, because of Okay, so let's bias. just let's act as if we find players that hated all their teammates. You know, we we know we have those those guys exist out there. But let's just I, you know what I mean? I, hey, I'm with you. I don't know why we're still on this same thing. We talked about this. Cuz you're just making up these phantom yeah, concepts yeah. that could potentially phantom. ruin the the XFL's review system. You you don't think that that guy had ties <laughs> to the Dallas Renegades whenever he was calling those yeah. those oh, things yeah. at the XFL? You don't think that yeah, guy had Jack, ties? As a fan, I'd be more worried like if you have a defensive guy up there, don't you think he's going to skew more yeah. towards the defense and 
and if an offensive guy like he's going to skew more towards giving the offense the advantage. Let's get to some more hard hitting stuff here. That guy yesterday, the Dallas Cowboys D tackle with the Gator oh. uh, Gator death roll, where he had that guy's ankle and he rolled. He knew that he was doing that, right? AJ, I mean, you played middle linebacker in college, national champion in the NFL Super Bowl champ. Whenever you're tackling somebody, you very much understand when you're trying to hurt somebody and when you're not trying to hurt somebody. And I think this is very disrespectful to the fraternity of brothers who play in the NFL to be completely candid and serious for a second. It absolutely is. And there is, there's like a, and I wouldn't, don't want to call it unwritten rules or anything, but there's a code that NFL players kind of live by. And as violent and crazy as it seems at sometimes, like even the, the dirtiest player that's out there, like even the guys that have seemed like the most vicious people alive, like they're not trying to do things like this to like on purpose, intentionally, harm somebody by gator roll like an extra two or three rolls that's what it was like no gator roll you have to if you're making a tackle tackle in the open space or say you have an angle tackle and the guy can run you got to dive you got to slide down his legs and gator roll that's how they teach it but that's when you're moving like when the guy is down and you still roll a couple extra times yeah that's usually when a, a big brawl will break out you you look back and there's some guys that step on players you know we talked to aaron about that back in mm. 2000 whatever 12 it was or 2008 whatever year it was and there's like that type of stuff and there's big shots where guys lower the crown of their helmet and hit and i think that is just charged to the game like i honestly believe that's like hey that's charged the game like sometimes you're going to get got there's going to be a blindside shot you're going to get got like that is a part of the game whenever you're trying to rip somebody's leg off i I think that is there is a line there. And to be honest, I would assume that he's going to get some at some point, right? I mean, this is going to be the type of, like, he, he's going to get fined, obviously. I don't know if Mike McCarthy's a guy that's just like, yeah, I love having that guy on my roster. Yeah. I don't know if that's how he is either. I don't know if anybody wants to be associated with that guy right now. No, I don't think teammates or coaches, they don't want their, like, their brand being associated with something like that. No, I want, like, this is going to – it's all going to die down. I think the, the guy will be fine. But I think it is definitely something McCarthy would look at. Like, what, are you, what are you doing? What's going on here? <laughs> like, I'm sure, like, hey, there's there's a difference between playing physical and dominating people, like, at the line of scrimmage and doing this kind of stuff. Like, this is not being physical. This is just stupid. You think the Cowboys stink? No. Right, you, you said they were going to go to the Super Bowl, <laughs> and here we are after week three, and there's a lot I mean, of questions. You know what's hilarious to me? So, Whenever we had to make these Super Bowl predictions, when you oh, this is our fault. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no. This is, I'm glad we did. I'm glad I didn't make these predictions. But people think I'm so tied. Like people on the internet, especially whenever Dallas is playing, if they're if things are going bad for them, how people tweet me, oh, you're just upset. You're not going to pick against them because they're your Super Bowl pick. Like first off, if Dallas wins the Super Bowl this year, guess what? Guess what? I get nothing. If they don't, <laughs> no. I get nothing. It does nothing. What? Either way for me, it doesn't matter. I'm not that biased. Like, I have to have the Cowboys win. So my six months before pick comes true. Yeah, okay. Yeah, we know you're yeah. pissed, oh, dude. Yeah. We know we you're, you're probably getting a ring, too, there. for down there. I, I, that's how Jerry yeah. operates, by the way. That's why everybody talks about the Cowboys all the time. Yeah, because mm -hmm. everyone gets rings. Hey, what? I don't get cramps in my hands writing checks, and I also don't get lazy when I'm tossing <laughs> out Super Bowl rings. Let's go to Richard over there in Oregon. What's going on, Richard? Yeah, overreaction Monday, I want to talk about how Nick Mullins is the first quarterback for the 49ers to throw for over 220-plus yards in the nine straight starts since Joe Montana in 85. Hey, ever heard of him? <laughs> Joe Montana? Joe Montana, the guy who took a football and threw it so hard at a kidnapper's head, they got decapitated this weekend yeah. in Malibu. Mm -hmm. And that is, by the way, Joe Montana. Joe Montana, Joe Montana. Joe Montana. Joe Montana. 
Montana. Joe Montana's a hero, kidnapper. Uh, tried to take his granddaughter, I believe. Oh, he yeah. snuffed it out. I don't know how. I don't know what Why happened. We would like to believe that in Shape Ups, he came down the steps, grabbed one of his game balls off oh, the wall. Yeah. <laughs> Last ball right in the temple. cranium, maybe the temple even, yeah. and it was laced and boom, took a down, bang, tackle. How you doing? Keep it moving. Cops come. Shout out to Joe Montana saving a life out there. By the way, humans are just walking into houses trying to kidnap nine-month-olds these days. That's crazy. Do what not. the fuck is going on in Malibu? Do not be rolling into NFL legends' houses trying mm. to kidnap people. You will get a ball to yeah. the throat or temple. They're lucky they didn't walk into my house, AJ. You know what I mean? I'm swinging one of these things. I have no idea what it is, but if I catch you on this side, done. This side, knocked out. Oh. Then I flip it around, done. <laughs> <laughs> the Grim Reaper sword. But Nick Mullins, great quarterback out there for the Niners. Jimmy G gets hurt. Everybody was very confident in Nick Mullins going in there. Yeah. They Now put up put up this. There was a tweet that listed off everybody that the San Francisco 49ers had out, and they boat raced the New York Giants. This is problematic for the New York Giants if you're looking at this. The 49ers are missing QB1, running back one, running back two, tight end one, tight end two, wide receiver one, cornerback one, cornerback two, cornerback four, defensive end one, defensive end three, defensive end four, defensive end five, linebacker two, wide receiver four, wide receiver five, center one, up by 10 at halftime, win by 27. That is a tough day to be a giant, but it's all because Nick Mullins is a stud, rallied the troops, Shanahan's out there coaching his ass off, and that is a long day for the Giants, but quite a steal of a victory for the uh, San Francisco 49ers. Well, it's an absolute steal for the Niners. And my question would be, is the, does this just show you how smart Shanahan is, how great the Niners are, or, or are the Giants worse than we thought they were? Uh, I'll tell you what. They ain't as bad as the Jets. I watched the Jets yesterday. The Jets are bad. But the Giants do seem to stink at the football. That's a blow. does feel like they – let's go to Tim in Detroit, a team that is not completely winless. What do you want to talk about, Bub? Hey, what's up, Pat and AJ and the boys? Huge fan here. Oh, we're fan here. Uh, Got an overreaction for you guys. Wondering if you think after the Lions just came off that win yesterday, do you think they're going to rally behind the ageless wonder AP and go for 14-2 like he was saying? Uh, de- definitely roll with Adrian Peterson yeah. right now. He's been playing great football. I think he had 900 yards last year or 1,000 yards last year or something like that. Yeah. Adrian Peterson is nowhere near slowing down. <laughs> I thought the Chiefs were going to potentially sign him, but turns out they had CEH, who's an absolute monster. We didn't know that. That was before he got uh, before the season started. The Lions have been riding old Adrian Peterson, and Matty Stafford's winning games. I think the biggest takeaway for me yesterday is not that the Lions got a dub, right? Good for you, Foxy. You guys got to win. Hey, baby, Foxy. Hey, Foxy. Hey, Foxy. While, while the team was moving down the field, it felt like Matt Prater was about to hit a dong shot. Like, it just – it felt like that. Now, granted, being the Detroit Lions, that thing could have got blocked and taken the other direction, and they lose in the desert. Oh, Big my guy. God, heartbreak city. Here we are again. Is Matt Patricia still our coach? What are we doing? I mean, that could have happened. But Matt Prater, it felt like that was a Matt Prater day. The biggest takeaway I had, congrats to the Lions. Awesome. Very happy for Matt Patricia, Matty Stafford, Matt Prater, that entire team, that entire city. Some don't have internet or water. Happy for everybody in the lines. Love it. My biggest takeaway yesterday was Kyler Murray looked like a completely different player than he looked like the first couple weeks. Kyler Murray, MVP conversation. Now, he still shook the shit out of Okuda and a couple other people and made some plays, but he looked like he just – and AJ, I would like you to try to describe this better for me because I was trying to earlier. It looked like he was uh, like in a bad mood or something. Like, like you know when you wake up and you're just not feeling it. Like, hey, I'm just not feeling it. Whether it's you're, not, you're in a bad mood or maybe you're 
body isn't responding how it is. Whatever it was, it looked like he was like moody almost. And, and that was kind of my big takeaway. I'm like, Kyler doesn't look like the first two weeks, Kyler. Kyler was very relaxed the first two weeks. Yesterday, it just looked like he was almost, um, I don't know, just irritable. Almost looked like he was irritable. And a quarterback, especially at a spotlight quarterback, which Kyler Murray is going to be for a long, long time because of how good he is. Consistency is king. And I just think yesterday, he had a bad day. I'm not saying he won't bounce back, but he looked like a different dude. It didn't look, he looked moody. He looked like a moody guy yesterday. And I don't know how you get that fixed, to be honest with you. Well, I mean, throwing three picks, I guess, can can do that to you. But you, they had a chance to win. They should have probably still won that ball game. And that's what good football teams do. They win games that they may they, they may have been out of, and then they shouldn't have. But you got to find every single possible way to win. But Kyler, yeah, it's, he's weird to me. It, he would it just something was off. It yeah. seemed like I had to, you're not going to have it. You're not going to have the good sixteen straight Sundays. Like you're not going to always have your A game, but. His BEC game is still pretty damn good, and he was able to find a way to almost win that game. Like, I guess the Lions had to take some confidence from that because the, the Cardinals are a good football team. They're a solid team early this season. The Lions, we don't know where they are. Everyone kind of wrote them off already. Now they're they're back on the board. They got a, they're in the win column. And one and two is a lot better than being zero and three because if you're on three, stats tell us you're dead. <laughs> Let's go to Ott in Estonia. What's going on, Ott? Greetings, oh, oh, fellows. Hey, over there in the Hello. Baltic. Hey, how's it going? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We looked at the map. Uh, thank you for having me. First, I would like to say hi to Mr. Hawk and Mr. McAfee and all the boys in the Big Gold Studio. Hello. Hey. Hello, Ott. Hey, Great Ott. to see you, Ott. I want to thank you for the most and the best and the ridiculous show in the whole wide world. Best sports show ever. Thank you. From Estonia to America and all the towns in between, we appreciate you for listening, Mr. Ott. What do you want to talk about, brother? Uh, I was wondering, I was wearing my uh, Alex Smith jersey and I was thinking about him. And uh, I want to know what you guys think that Washington, goddamn Washington football team don't have anything to lose. And is it reasonable to just like uh, Ron Rivera and the uh, guys put Alex Smith on the field and show everyone that if you're down as much as Alex Smith was, it's always you can come up if you work really, really hard. Yeah! Oh my God! Hell yeah! Oh I like that about Ott. Yeah, Ron Rivera has come out. Thanks for the call, Ott. We appreciate you so much. We've got to get to a break here very, very soon because Dan Orlovsky's a busy guy. You know, he's breaking down film. He's doing this. He's doing that. But I think Ron Rivera saying that Dwayne Haskins does have like a, hey, an expiration date almost. Like, let's get it going. That makes me wonder, what who who would they put in then? Is it Kyle Allen? Is it Alex Smith who has a hamstring for a shin? I mean, there's a lot of conversation to be had. And if you pull Dwayne Haskins, does that mean Dwayne Haskins is not a Washington football team member for the foreseeable future because Ron Rivera wasn't there when they drafted him? I mean, that has big implications, let alone being one of the greatest comeback stories in the history of sports. Oh, that's the show. Yep. Another overreaction Monday is in the books. Am I bummed about it? Absolutely. Nope, because we got overreaction Tuesday tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, we're back tomorrow. Yes. Chiefs and Ravens play tonight. More guests, everything like that. We can't wait to chat with you. And remember, be a friend, tell a friend if you enjoyed the show. If you didn't like the show, just act like it never happened. Please, Ty Schmidt, we will see you manana. Ty Schmidt, please play some independent music.